0: We've been doing a series on the cloud of cover, and in this series, this is the third series that we're doing. Deuteronomy, the thirty-first chapter, verse fifteen. Get there, please, say, man. word of the Lord says in Deuteronomy 31, verse 15. It says, and the Lord appeared in the tabernacle in a pillar of a cloud. And the pillar of the cloud stood over the door of the tabernacle. Let's pray. And Father God, thank you this morning. Thank you, Lord, for coming and allowing us to sup with you, Father. We thank you, Father. We thank you for your blessings. We thank you for your healing, Father. We're praying for the pastor's family, Father, at this time, Father. We're praying, Lord, that you will comfort them and that you will keep them, Father. We're praying for all of our our, our assembly members, Lord, wheresoever they may be, Father. We thank you, Jesus Christ, for the love that you have given to us. And Father, we just bless your holy name by lifting up our hands in the sanctuary and saying, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, the Father, for allowing your son to come and plead our case through the shedding of his blood. In Jesus' name we do pray and we give thanks this morning. <coughs> Amen. Amen. Now, the word of God says here in Deuteronomy 31st chapter verse 15 that the Lord appeared in the tabernacle. Well... The tabernacle is this body, this is the body, and this tabernacle that Peter, he speaks about it in 2 Peter 1.14 where he says, if this my, knowing that this my tabernacle shall shortly must be put off, even as the Lord Jesus Christ has shown me, he's talking about how we have to shed eventually this tabernacle here. Well. This is the same tabernacle that the Lord appeared in. You see, the Old Testament is simply a shadow of things to come. That's all it is. So where the Old Testament talks of the history of it, the Old Testament has a deep mystery in it that brings out the New Testament. And what it does is it takes the letter of the word, and it brings it into the spirit of the word. It takes what's in the old and it brings it into what we call a rhema word, a noun word. And a lot of people have a problem in bringing the letter into the spirit. And until we are able to bring the letter into the spirit, then what we have is we have a conflict of interest when it comes to God. Because God and his relationship with us, because God is a spirit and must be worshipped in spirit. And in truth, not history, but in spirit and in truth, not the letter, but in a uh, 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 spirit and in truth, John 4, four twenty four declares that. It declares that. Now, I was looking this morning where in Poland they got one. Of these, they, they, they just erected this great big statue of who they call Jesus Christ, and that's pillar. And every once in a while I, you know how do you post your comments? Every once in a while I post comments because I know that people in the religious world they are quite ignorant of a lot of things. And so I posted on there about, you know, how Exodus, the twentieth chapter, tells us, verse 4, not to make any graven an image of me. That's the graven in none out of stone, none out of any of that stuff it says, you know. So, I put on there and I thought, well, go to the book, and see what the book says. And then I took them over to John 4, 24, and said, well, you know that where the Spirit, God is the Spirit, those who worship Him, they gotta worship Him in spirit and truth. That's just no, no, no if and buts about it. That's the way it is. I mean, that's Word. That's not my Word, that's God's Word. So, here's the statue. And all of that money that they use, that, 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 that church folk use to erect a graven image on a hill that's larger than any statue that they ever you know of. But they don't know what they're doing. And these are the ones that spending money. They're the Christians who spend, and, and Poland got some folk who need to eat. Trust me. But they're the church, mainstream religion, spending money. To build a greater image of a, yeah, with a crown on it, a stone image. Well, you might as well just put Buddha up there. Or a goat. Or great. I mean, I'm serious, you know. So, here we are, and they're looking at that thing every day. They're looking at it. They're to go statue. And God said, no, you're out of it. You really don't understand who and what I am. But because man is so caught up in his own way that he's going to counteract what God says. And what he's going to do is he's going to try to do it his way. And his way will never be a way of success. It never will. So... The Lord appeared in this tabernacle here in a pillar of a cloud. Remember that pillar is the same as that bow? And that bow was the power of God, which is Christ. So Christ appears in this tabernacle in a word, which is the cloud. It appears in a word. And the pillar of the cloud stood over the what? Door of the tabernacle. We know that Jesus is the door. We know that the power and wisdom of God, which is the Christ, that word hovers over that door. And whatever is hovering over that door is protecting that door and infiltrating that door. And anything that enters in through that door is of Christ because Christ is that door. And there is no way that anything else is going to, because he said that, if anything else enter in any other kind of way is the same as a thief and a robber. Now let's go to 1 Kings 18. And we're going to deal with verse 41 through 46. 1 Kings. I want to encourage this congregation this morning because the Lord is doing great things. I mean, he, he's doing it. And what I like about God is, is all we got to do is just keep following him. And we see what he's doing, how he's doing it, when he's doing it, you know, because he's teaching us his ways. And the way of God is where? In the sanctuary, Psalm 77, verse 13. Now, when you go to 1 Kings, the 18th chapter, and we're going to deal with verse 41 through 46. But I'm going to quote a scripture. You don't have to go there because it's a familiar scripture. It's found in Ezekiel 34, verse 26. The word of God says that I will make them and those that are about my hill a blessing. And the showers shall come in their season, and these showers shall be blessings. So we know and we equate the blessings of God with the showers or the rain. Are you with me? In accordance with the word. See in order see the thing is it's like the word is like a puzzle, people. You gotta be able to piece it together. That's why Isaiah said, I think in Isaiah 9, around 27, somewhere along in that verse it said that line upon line and precept upon precept. I think it's in the ninth chapter of Isaiah, but I do know it's in Isaiah. It said line upon line, precept upon precept. Here a little, there a little. With stammering lips and a new tongue, will I teach this people? Hear a little, there a little. And in this about, hear a little, there a little. Here a little, there a little. And then you put it line upon line. Look it up, precept upon precept, so that you can understand and know what God is trying to say to us. Because if we don't know what God is trying to say to us, then trust me, we will never know or understand what the Lord has for us. Somewhere in the chapter of of Isaiah, in the book of Isaiah, it talks about this line upon line, precept upon precept. I'm not sure exactly where it is, but I know it's in there. Now, the word of God also goes on and it speaks with us, and it tells us that when we... Understand what the Spirit is saying to us, then we can understand what God's Word is saying to us. So, the first thing before I begin to dissect the Word of God in verse 41 here of 1 Kings 18th chapter is that we must understand what Ezekiel is saying. He's saying, Not only am I going to make them, but even those places that are about my hill a blessing. So, Anywhere where we are, mankind, when he's close to God's healing, he can be blessed. And not only that, but here we see the rain or the showers in their season, which are the showers of blessings. So we have to understand that the rain represents the blessing. So when we go over here to 1 Kings, the 18th chapter, verse 41 and we see where it hadn't rained in about, what, three to three and a half years, somewhere along in anyway. it. Hadn't rained. But all of a sudden, something is about to happen. Elijah, which means God is Lord. Elijah represents the spirit of God in us. Ahab means friend of his father. Or uncle. Ahab is that spirit in man that he knows God, but he's not close to God. The reason why he's not close to God is because he has a inner reality and a spiritual essence about himself called Jezebel. That's his wife. And Jezebel causes a man problems, you see, because that inner reality of us, known as our wife, see, it controlled Ahab. Ahab was the king of Israel. He had to know God. He had to. But there's a problem, just like in the church. We know God, but... Galatians 4, verse 9 says that when we knew God, or rather we were known of God, that we again wanted to return to those weak and beggarly elements that we desired to bring us into bondage again. You understand? So that's what Ahab is. That's the Ahab in us. What happens is that when we're going right with God, then all of a sudden Jezebel comes in and us. And what Jezebel begins to do is turn our face away from God and it starts to do a thing on the inside of us and it causes us to retract from the place where we're going forward toward. And that's a dangerous thing because now Ahab, as long as he was led by Elijah, he's in good shape. Watch his word. Had reigned in over three years. Had reigned. That meant that it was a family. You know how it is when a famine is in your life when ain't nothing happening. Everybody in here know about that. You know, we all know about that, you know. But all of a sudden, something is about to happen because, you see, everything has a divine time with God in our life. And even in the famine, there's water to be found because anywhere, and there's food to be found. You just have to know where to look for that. So a famine comes on us so that we can learn to trust more in God and not in our See, every once in a while, God has to send a problem in your life. See, see, no problem, no life, because life is about learning. Life is about understanding. Life is about getting ahead, not with worldly things, but getting ahead by releasing ourselves from the world and going toward that which is of God. So as we go forward in God, we go upward in God until Enoch one day, he just walked right on up to heaven. Mm-hmm. See, when you turn this thing loose back here, mm-hmm. you clip it. I always used to tell my wife, keep them spiritual scissors and be ready to clip them weights off you. You know them things that try to pull you back? They're always trying to pull you. But you gotta have them. You gotta have them scissors ready all the time to clip it. You know? When things don't go right, clip it. When people don't want to act right, clip it. You know? You gotta learn how to turn it loose. When your spouses don't want to act right, clip, turn, clip it. Just clip it. Whatever it takes. Because Jesus did say that a man's foes would be in his own household. See, sometimes your own family can be the one to hold you back if you ain't got sense enough to leave them in their misery and walk on toward God. And if they see that you're going to walk on toward God, they'll straighten up. They'll straighten up. They'll straighten up. They sure will. You know why? Because nobody wants to be left behind but a fool. That's the only thing that won't be left behind. Nobody in their right mind wants God to leave them behind. That's if you got a relationship with God. I didn't say have a relationship with the church. you got to have a relationship with God. That's right. Perfect. So, Elijah, the spirit of the living God, it spoke unto that Ahab spirit in us. And it said, first of all, get the what up? In other words, we got to come out of that depressed state and rise up. God is calling us to a higher place in him. So, we got to raise up. He said, first time, I need you to get up. See, that's the spirit talking to us. It said, rise up. Get thee up. I need you to eat. What you going to eat? You going to eat the word of God with understanding. And I need for you to drink. In other words, I need for you to receive in your mind what God is trying to tell us. Those two things I need you to do when you get up. I just don't need you to get up. I need you to get up, eat, and drink. In other words, eat this word and then receive it. For there is a sound. That word sound means there is a resonating voice of the abundance of love. And what was the rain? The showers of blessings. Ezekiel 34, 26. You see, if you don't hear by now the resounding sound of rain coming, then you ain't going to hear. You won't won't be able to hear. You won't be able to hear because you don't know what you're listening for. I had the, the spirit of the Lord said to Ahab, get up Ahab because I'm telling you, it's time. Can't you hear? Well, whether you do or not, I hear. So it really, it makes a difference whether you hear it, but it makes more of a difference whether I hear it because I'm gonna keep going toward that rain, And those who trusted in God in me, not me, but trusting in God in me, they are gonna keep going toward that rain too. And eventually, when you get close enough to it, you'll start hearing it, you'll start hearing it. That's why when I was laying in the bed this morning, And I didn't feel like getting up. I turned over and told self, self, you're a lying dog. You ain't nothing but a lying devil. I'm going. I'm going to be where I'm supposed to be. See, that's what a relationship with God will do to you. Mm-hmm. It'll put you where you need to be when you're supposed to be there. Amen. And it'll have you doing what you're supposed to do while you're there. Mm-hmm. That's what a relationship will do right. with God. Mm-hmm. See, you can't have a relationship with God and not be where you're supposed to be when you're supposed to be there. You can't do it. Amen. You can't do it. It'll run you inside. You'll feel so guilty. A- am, I, am I right about it? Amen. anybody ever not been what they're supposed to be and God spoke to your conscience? Yeah. Amen. Amen. And what it did was it reminded you the next time that yourself was trying to get in the way, it reminded you, oh no, I don't feel like feeling like this no more because uh, I don't feel like my conscience being brutalized the way that it was brutalized. So I'd rather just come on and do what I need to do and you always come out better. So he says, Ahab, I hear the sound of the abundance of right. So Ahab went up to eat and to drink. Key thing that Ahab did was he obeyed. Key thing that they is Ahab was in good shape as long as he was listening to the Spirit of God that was in him. It was only when Ahab began to listen to their wife, Jezebel thing inside it. They like to pull him away from what he needed to be doing. It was only then did he get himself in trouble. So Ahab, verse 42, he went up to eat and to drink. And Elijah, the Spirit of God, went up to the top of Carmel. Carmel is the place of plentifulness. See what God did? God's Spirit went up to that place of plentifulness. Sound like to me, like the abundance of rain is a place of plentifulness. Sound Amen. me like it. I'm talking spirit up be here. Amen. See, see, when I be speaking this word and echoing this word, that spirit be hitting me. I'm catching this stuff. And see, when you catch this stuff, you know what you're doing? That's why he said, eat and drink it. You got to eat it and you got to receive it. Because when you eat it and you receive it, what happens is, is that that thing goes inside that kingdom that's inside of you. You see, the word is a spiritual word. And when you receive the spiritual word, what it does is it goes down deep in that kingdom inside of you. And that seed that you plant down in there, if you plant spirit in spirit, it's going to grow. Amen. The word of God says, and he cast himself down upon the earth and put his face between his knees, meaning that he blessed God. And he said to his servant Elijah, he said, go up now. See, we are the spirit of the Lord's servants. And God is telling us, go up now. You see it. Go up now. Did you hear me? God said, go up now. And look where? What's the see? What's the see? Tell you that every week. See that? Tell you that every week. See the the spirit. Better start remembering what's being talked to. If you're going to catch this and hang in there with it. Or if you don't, you're going to get steamrolled. And wonder what happened. The train ain't going to stop running. It's not going to stop. It don't make no difference. Ain't nobody on it but the conductor. God's train ain't going to stop running. I'm serious. You know what? Because it's a big world out here. You know what? The conductor is doing. Driving. All he's doing is, is Curtis Mayfield, people say, there's a train coming. Mm -hmm. Train don't stop. You can jump off whenever you want to, but the train don't stop. I'm trying to help this congregation up in here this morning. Train don't stop. It's going all around the world, picking up passengers from coast to coast, from one end to the other. You can get off at any time you want to, but know this for sure. He that endures to the end shall be saved. In other words, stay on the track. Right to the end, because that's the only way you're going to be saved. What God says, and he looked toward the sea. He told his servants, get up and look toward the spirit. Don't look toward the world. Don't look toward the situation. Don't look toward the events in your life. Don't look toward your pocketbook, but get up and look toward me. And the servant obeyed, he went up, and he looked, and he said, there is nothing. And he said, go again seven times. So 2 Corinthians 5, verse 7 says, we bought by faith and not by sight. When he went there the first time, he didn't see nothing. But God's Spirit said, go seven times. Go till you see something. Mm-hmm. Don't go there one time, how about, I ain't see nothing. Mm-hmm. But keep going till you see something, because it ain't going to be long before you see something. Amen. Just keep going. Mm-hmm. Notice how the family was there three years mm-hmm. or more. Mm-hmm. But all of a sudden, God's time. That's time. God's time. Now you go, and you keep going until you see. See, the only reason he didn't see it in the first time because his faith level wasn't where it was supposed to be. It was there, but he was obedient. Mm-hmm. So he kept going, and each time he went, his faith level went up. Mm-hmm. Why? Because he trusted in the one that sent him. Mm-hmm. The Spirit of the Lord sent him, and he went and he went again, and he went again, and he went again, and then all of a sudden, things began to happen. All of a sudden, 100 viewers began to hear, then 200, then 500, then 1,000, then 2,000. Now it's up to ten thousand five hundred. That's a lot of fun. You understand what I'm trying to say here? Because we kept going. didn't I to the first. One little old square. Then another little old square. And I checked every day, don't the ground. Then another little square. And then it just kept on going, and then it just kept on going. And then now the whole thing is full. And I'm saying, okay. I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. And I understand what God is telling us. That if you want to run with the big dogs, you're going to have to understand that you've got to continue to go until you see what you're looking for. You've got to know that you know. Sister Tasha, you got to know You can't be wondering about whether God called you to do what you need to do. You got to know God called you. Do I make myself clear? I'm not fussing at you. I'm preaching to you this morning to try to get you to understand that God says He will, and God says His word is going to prosper in the place where He sent it to prosper. Well, He sent His word to us, and He put His word in us, so God can't tell a lie. So the train going to keep running. I said, the train going to keep running. Regardless who owns it, <laughs> the train going. Can't you hear? Verse 44 says, And it came to pass at the seventh time. That he said, Behold, there do what? Rise. Something happened. Of what kind of cloud? Ain't you talking about the cloud coming? Little the cloud. That means a little word. Came where? Out of what? Out of the spirit. There you catching it. So you don't get it in the beginning, see? See, so you don't catch it. But in a little while, you'll catch what this word is. In a little while take a little while, you gotta keep coming back. Just keep coming back, as Don it said time. just keep coming back. And in a minute, you're gonna see a little hand, a little cloud that looks like a hand, a man's hand. That means that the power of the word is gonna be in his hand. It's small in the beginning. But the Bible say, don't you despise your small beginning. And Job 8, 7 says, Said that he, although your beginning was small in the latter end, he shall greatly increase. And then the book of Zechariah tells us who has, I think it's 14, I believe, who has despised the day of small beginnings? Check and see if that's Zechariah 14. Who has despised the day of small beginnings? question, you see, because a lot of times we fall short on doing what we're supposed to do, and the reason why is because we don't see nothing happening. But it is happening. Is it in there, Zechariah 14? That's what he said. Okay, thank you, thank you. So, he's telling us Don't despise your small beginning because a big shot ain't nothing but the continuation of a little shot. It just kept on going. That's all a big shot is. As long as you make your grasshopper, you're a big one. We look like grasshoppers. But you had two of them that saw different. There's a commercial that comes on, and I say, Brent, it's, it's a UPS man, I think his name is Gene, and you got two men sitting there. One man see logistics. In other words, one man see vision. One man don't see nothing but a UPS man. It's all in how you look at it. We could be looking at the same thing, but we don't see the same thing. <laughs> see, see, that man saw a worldwide connection. He said, I see logistics. Hey, man, that's a revelation in there. I told my wife, I said, Did you pick up on that? I said, that's a revelation in there. It's about what you see and how you're looking at it. That's why I said in the beginning that you have to know the God in you. God has placed a unique spirit and a unique anointing in every one of us that touches people's lives. And you do yourself a disfavor and you do God a disfavor when you're looking at somebody else's anointing and not looking to your own. Did you hear what I said? Don't ever do that. Because soon as you take yourself out of what God gave you to do, you're not an impact anymore. You're what we call a has-been. And you don't want to be a has-been. You want to be a now person who's building the future. Now build the future, not the past. Now build the future. What we do now build the future. Mm -hmm. So the word of God says here that, in verse 44, and it came to pass at the seventh time or verse 45. Verse 44. And it came to pass the seventh time that he said, Behold, there arise a little cloud out of the sea. They get a little bit of the spiritual word. It looks like a man's hand. You know, it's in, it, it's in man's power. He, he's holding this. We're holding this thing. Now, what are we going to do to it? Are we just going to see the postman or the UPS man and call him Gene? Or are we going to look at it and say, logistics, world connection? So of God says, and he said, go up. He keeps telling him, go up and say to Ahab. Now watch this. He said, prepare thy chariot and get thee down that the rain stop thee not. Here we go. He tells Ahab, go up, because he done already told Ahab to go up. He done already told us to go up. He said, now I want to tell you to tell him to prepare thy chariot. Prepare your chariot. That word chariot means your spiritual vehicle. Your worldly vehicle can't go where we're going. Nope. It can't do it. That's why we teach spirit here, because we know what this word is saying. This word speaks about spirit. It says, now if you want to go, if you want to receive this abundance of rain, now this is what you got to do. You've got to prepare your chariot, which is your spiritual vehicle. Spiritual vehicle. That's your spiritual temple. It's got to be prepared. But look what else you got to do. you got to get thee down. In other words, you've got to humble yourself. you got to come off this thing of you and get on yes, mm-hmm. and climb your butt up on this thing called the chariot. Mm-hmm. Spirit. Yeah. spirit. That the rain don't stop you. Mm-hmm. Did you see what can happen to you? Mm-hmm. The very same thing that God bless you with can cause misery that's in your life. If right. it, if you ain't riding it in, in the right vehicle. Did you hear what I said, church? Mm-hmm. I'm talking to everybody that's in here. Right. That same hundred thousand dollars that God gives you can kill you. If your vehicle ain't prepared correctly. If your chariot ain't prepared correctly. You know why? Because you're taken to do the things of the world. And the and the things of the world will kill you. That's why I don't preach that foolish message because God does not intend for everybody in the church to be a millionaire. He does not. That's a lie from hell. Do you know why? Because everybody in the church don't have the wisdom to handle a million dollars. God got specific people that he anoints with finance. and they know what to do with them finances. Mm-hmm. What kind of God would God be to give us something that we're not ready for? I asked a question one time, would you give your son a gun? Would I teach him how to use it? You wouldn't do that, would you? Well, don't you know a million dollars is a loaded gun in a fool's hand? In the hand. No, he, and a whole bunch of other folk in the head too, with that same million dollars. Oh, yes, he will too, now. Yes, he will now. See, see, one thing about—I know about truth. Truth is undeniable. That's all you got to do. This right here. Regardless of what man say. Right here. Now you can hear what you want to hear, and you can twist it, you can do whatever you want to, but the word is still straight up and down. It, it is right what it is. is. And I don't care how you look at it, I don't care how you can, you can cook it this way, you can cook it that way, you can cook it this way, but in the end, it's just like cooking that stuff, it's all, all the real stuff is going to come to the top, of everything else. And that's just the way it is. That's just the way it is. And that's the way truth is. So the word of the Lord says, get thee down. In other words, you've got to humble yourself. Otherwise, the very thing that I bless you will stop you. The very thing that I bless you with. So, what I'm trying to say, church, is that we have to have a conscious mind on the blessings that God is bringing our way. And we have to pray and seek God on what we need to do with these blessings that God is bringing our way. You see, just don't pray for the blessing, but pray for the wisdom to do the right thing with the blessing. Because we mess around and hurt our sick. So verse 45 says, And it came to pass in the meanwhile that the heaven was black with clouds and when now that's what happens here. And that was a great rain. And Ahab room and went to Jezreel. Now, here's what happens right before the rain. The heavens, which is the spiritual realm, becomes black with the word. Sometimes, during that time of the famine, don't you believe that the word will Dark that you ever been in a family where you can't, you know a hardship, that's what a family is. And you couldn't hear God? You you couldn't get no word. You couldn't get it. I mean, you 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 you, you just couldn't get it because of the condition of the soul. That's right. Yeah. The condition of the soul will block you and have you hallucinating and have you seeing things and interpreting things that aren't true. Mm-hmm. That's why the Bible says don't forsake the assembly of the brethren because what happened was is that we're at warfare, and the first line of warfare is to cut off communication, put you over in a corner mm-hmm. where well, you can't, yeah, by yourself. Mm-hmm. And then fear sets in and doubt sets in, and then you got to do make uh, 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 judgment calls in the dark. Because you're not in communication. Which is, yeah, you just can communicate with the devil and yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and your soul is messed up, and the devil knows that you are. And this is, a messed up soul is the door of the devil. It'll come in, and it'll confuse you, and it'll cause problems for you, and it'll hurt you, and it'll destroy you eventually. Amen. That's what it will do. There's no if and buts about it. So the spirit realm, in the meantime, while we're preparing ourselves, His chapter, and while we're preparing ourselves to humble ourselves so that the blessings of God can't harm us, there are some things that we have to turn loose of. And during that time, we're so used to worldly things and equating it with God until what happens is, is that the heavens begin to look dark on us. That's right. You know, things begin to look a little obsolete to us. You know, like, am I doing the right thing? Or can I trust you, God, to, to turn this off? I've I, I, I got to hold on to this. You see, a lot of things will come up against you mm-hmm. when the rain is just about to come in your life. Amen. Just about That's when Amen. hell breaks loose. Right when a breakthrough is about to come. That's when the dam begins to quake and crack and the earthquakes begin to come to shake things loose. See, See that's a shaking. So what happens is, is that the word gets dark because the winds get crazy in your life. You know the storm? That's why Jesus said, you better build this house on solid rock, which is Him. So that when the storm came and the winds came and the sea raised up against it, it didn't fall. But if it's built on the sand, which are fragments of the truth, because sand is fragments of rock, that's all it is. So a lot of us got our houses built on fragments of the truth. And what happens is when the storm hits, us, it'll let you know you ain't on the right thing. Because you done got tore off. Because the storm came and you're the chicken middle, the sky is falling and it ain't number, all you have to do is peace be still. If you built on the rock. But because you you sit here and you don't build your foundation on the rock, then what happens is is that you allow the winds of time and the winds of life to destroy us. That's what we allow. At some point in time, this is the way it is. Two things I got to do. I can only speak for myself. There's two things I gotta do in this life. I gotta stand up and be a man. And one day I'm gonna to have to lay down and still be one. That's the only two things I got to do. Them the only two things I gotta do in this life. Anything else in between is working out. Whether I'm gonna stand there as a man, and whether I'm gonna be able to lay down like one when it comes time to lay down, I lay my life. Now you understand what I'm trying to say? Amen. The word of God says that the winds came, and but but after that, after after the darkness, after the adversity, then comes the great blessings of God. Why? Because you stood. You didn't allow the rain or you didn't allow the clouds and the winds to deter you. But you kept going in spite of what it looked like. We walk by faith, not by sight. You didn't care about what it looked like, you see. All you knew is, is that when things got to look crazy, you said, okay. Second Corinthians 5, 7 said we walk by faith, not by sight. But now if you don't know that's in there, uh-oh. You might be in trouble. Because mm-hmm. you ain't got no word. That's why it's so important to be taught the word of God. Amen. Not to be hooped and yelled at, but to show the people what's in the word so that when they need the word, they got something that they can fall back on. But now if you don't have that thing in you, I'm telling you, when that thing hits you and it's coming, adversity coming, and when it comes, you're not going to be able to stand. Because you ain't going to have nothing to fall back on. I hope I'm trying to help somebody out in here. So the word of God says that was a great rain. And Ahab, look what he did. He rode. And he went to where? Jezreel. You know what Jezreel means? Jezreel means where God will sow. Notice what Ahab did Ahab prepared his spiritual battle, his spiritual chariot, right? His vehicle. This is what he did. He humbled himself. And then he went where? He rode that spiritual chariot to the place where God was sowing. So he goes to this place where God is sowing. Now, God is the spirit, and those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth, right? So we're talking about spirit. Now, Mark 4, 14 says that the sower, which we are, sows, what kind of seed? The word. Because the Bible says that the sower soweth the word. Now, where do you sow the word? The word is spiritual, right? The kingdom is spiritual. Where do you sow the word? Back into the kingdom with the came. You don't sow the word. That's all. Here we go again. With these folks preaching this foolishness out here. You see, the church are the called out ones. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. The church ain't got that yet. The church still trying to mix in material things with physical things. That's why I cut the program. Because God called us to a higher calling of building spiritual temples. We waste a lot of money, a lot of time, a lot of effort trying to make poor people fit rich. Poor don't always be with you. That's what God said. That ain't what I say, that's what God said. So what we do is this. We seek ye first. The kingdom of God and his righteousness. Because we know that if we do that then all the rest of it is going to come anyway. Can I get an amen? Is that not the word? Is that not the word? That's what God's word says. I don't care about what preachers preach. I'm talking about what God's word says. Now now This is the word of God. I've never seen the righteous or his seed begging for bread. This is what the word of God says. This is what the word of God says. That my God owned the cattle on a thousand hills. This is what the word of God says. The word of God says buy and eat with no money. This is what God's words say. Now either I'm going to believe God or I'm going to do this thing my way and going to mess up everything. Going to build people crooked. Instead of them going at God, they're going to be going at things. Instead of them teaching them to go at God. See, don't nobody want to hear that nowadays. Everybody want to hear how you can get your stuff. Yeah. But you can't take none of it with you, then what? The only thing going to last is what you do for God. Amen. Then what? What you going to do then? What you going to do when you come to that last breath? I've never seen them ride down the back of a hearse with them Cadillacs and all of that stuff. That stuff is left to somebody else. The most important thing that we need to do is get our souls right with God. We need to get real with God, 24-7, not on Sunday, but 24-7. We need to do what God tells us to do. We need to ante up and do the will of God. And if we do that, then God will promote himself in us in a better way. And not only will he take care of us, but we'll be able to take care of somebody else too. That's God's word. That's not my word. Verse 46 says, and the hand of the Lord was on Elijah. And he girded up his loins." That means he girded himself up the truth. That's what we need to do. Because he knew, see, the spirit of the Lord knows it has to run before Ahab. Now Ahab was running up in there to that place of Jezreel where God is so, And he was appropriate to do so. But he couldn't get there before the Spirit of God entered Jezreel. You see, it, see that's another problem that we have. We get before God. We run the race before God instead of allowing God to be in front. So Ahab, the Spirit of the Lord, called Ahab, the book but Elijah, the spirit of the Lord, it has to gird up his loins and get in front of Ahab and enter into that place of Jezreel where God is sowing that spiritual seed. Because in order for you to be blessed, God has to escort you into that place. Okay? See, sometimes we try to go there on our own and we make a mess of things. Can I get an amen this morning? Amen. Well, what we need to do is, church, don't do nothing before you seek God. When you've got something in your mind to do, then you go to praying and then asking God to show you the way. Wait on God to move. And always remember, when God is in it, he makes it easy. If there's anything that you're out there doing, church, listen to me good. Whether it's business, whether it's job-wise, whether it's family-wise, I don't care what it is. If there's anything out there that's becoming a difficult task for you to do, maybe you need to sit down and see if that's what God wants you to do. Because God, when he is in it, he makes it easy. But it doesn't happen until his divine and anointed time. It doesn't happen until then. I got two more scriptures, and then we're out of here. Let's go to the book of Job, verse, chapter 26. The book of Job. Job twenty six verse nine. Job chapter twenty six verse nine. I got three more scriptures. Look what he does in Job twenty six verse nine. He still talking about this cloud. He holds back the face of his throne and spread his cloud, which is his word, upon. upon it. Remember the word of God says that God has placed or magnified his word above all his name. Psalms 138 verse 2. That cloud covers what? The throne. You see where it covers? The word of God is placed over his throne because the word emphatically states that he's placed his word above all his name. It's covering him. His own word is covering him. Mm-hmm. Just like right, it's covering us. Why? Because God can't lie. That's right. God believes in his word so much that he placed it above. In the beginning was the word. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now watch what else he'll do. Isaiah 4, verse 5 and 6. And we'll close. That's it. Isaiah 4, verse 5 and verse 6. When we get there, would you please say amen? This is what the word of the Lord said. The word of God said that, verse 5, Isaiah 4, verse 5. It says, And the Lord will create upon every dwelling place of Mount Zion and upon her assemblies, which is churches. A cloud. Still talking about that cloud. And smoke by day. And the shining of a flaming fire by night. For upon all the glory shall be a defense. You see what God is doing? This is an end-time prophecy here. During the time of the thousand-year millennial reign of Christ, which is spoken of in the book of I think the 20th chapter of Revelation. It speaks about the thousand-year reign of Christ. But, that same prophetic word is now. God has placed his word, the cloud, and the light of his word over Mount Zion, every dwelling place of Mount Zion, and all the assemblies throughout the world. God has placed his word over it. Why? As a what? defense? In other words, God will protect us and has protected us and will continue to protect us, whether we live or die. Paul said, it makes no difference whether I live or whether I die. I'm still going to be with the Lord. Absent from the body means to be present with the Lord. You see, people, this is the faith where God is trying to get us to. To the place where it makes no difference whether we live or whether we die. If we live, we live to Christ and if we die, we die to Christ. That's where God's word is trying to get us to. Not how much money we can get, not how many big that we can get. That ain't about what God is about. God is about the salvation of our soul. And we don't mess this thing up. That's what we've done. People so distorted into my life we don't even, if you don't preach on that stuff they don't even understand what God is really saying no more. Amen. God says he's going to be a defense. His word is a defense. God said his word is over not only Mount Zion, those that dwell in Mount Zion, but upon her assembly. And says in Verse 6, Isaiah 4, verse 6, And there shall be a tabernacle for a shadow in the daytime from the heat and for a place of refuge and for a covert from the storm and from the rain. And that word rain there means the flood. That means hard times. God said, look, I got your back. But here's the thing. Will we allow God to have our back? That's the question today. The question is, will we allow God to have our back? It's a choice. It's there. The abundant life is there for us. But will we allow Jesus Will we allow him to do it for us? Because he's willing to do it for us. He said, I stand at the door and knock. And I want you to let me come in and sup with you. But I'm not one to force my way. But if you let me in on your own accord, and if you just turn your will over into my hands, I'll make some things happen for you. And I'll make your life beautiful while you're down here on this earth. I'll do all that and more because the Bible tells us in Ephesians 3.20 that he is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above anything that we think or ask. So we can't even begin to think or ask. How much God got for us. We can't even do that. All God wants us to do is trust him. And that's the hardest thing for man to do. Is to trust God. Because man is an idol unto himself. Man is in the way of his Creator. We're in the way. And all God wants is to move us out of the way and give him back what belongs to him, which is us, because he made man in his likeness and in his image, and may the Lord add a blessing to the preaching and the teaching of his word. Y'all come on up. God bless y'all.